One of the greatest obstacles to crafting health and wellness is identifying and controlling inflammation. It's at the core of all complex and chronic diseases, and it's the driving mechanism that underlies the most common symptoms that people like you struggle to overcome. Join us as we explore cutting-edge science and research to give you the information and tools you need to create the quality of life you want and deserve. And now, here is the host of Inflammation Nation, Dr. Stephen Noseworthy. We're going to wind down the segment of the Inflammation Nation podcast where we're talking about discovering your personal food code or finding your ideal diet by talking about um, actually two interrelated topics. And, and one is why you eat and how you eat. Um, a lot of a lot of your dietary prescription, if you will, is going to depend on what your goals are. Um, it's one thing to say I'm, I'm eating to lose weight, which by that we usually mean lose body fat. Uh, it's another thing to say I'm eating to gain weight. Uh, particularly muscle? Are you eating for short-term changes or are you eating for long-term health? Um, it kind of drives me a little bit crazy as a clinician uh, and as a science-minded clinician when I see all these ads on social media and, and these programs on uh, doctors' websites or healthcare providers and coaches' websites where it's like, you know, like the, the three-day detox. Or you might see this on you know, like a magazine in the grocery store checkout line, you know, lose 20 pounds with a three-day detox. I'm telling you, if you lose 30, 30 pounds with a three-day detox, there's something seriously wrong that you're not going to fix with a detox that lasts only three days. And so I really don't like the word or the concept of diet, but I kind of have to use it because everybody does. You may have heard the old saying, diet is just die with a T. Uh, that often refers to people who are starving themselves, severe calorie restriction uh, for the purpose of, of weight loss. But that's not usually, I mean, I, I do get people coming to me because they want to lose weight and that's their primary goal. But to be honest, that's quite often third or fourth on somebody's list uh, because quite often the people that I work with who actually do need to lose body fat or, or lose scale weight and re recomposition their body um, are in the situation they're in because they have these uh, systemic inflammatory issues that unless we fix those things first, then, you know, the weight loss, the body composition change is just simply not going to happen. And so I really, I would prefer to use the term fueling strategy. And uh, it's just, just so stinking hard to say. And, and I can't, sometimes can't say it with a straight face because everyone's expecting me to use the word diet. So I continue to use the word diet, but it might be useful for you when you're trying to figure out your, you know, your personal food code or I, finding your ideal diet, you're really talking about a fueling strategy. How do I give my body the energy sources and the nutrients it needs to put myself into position to be able to function optimally? And I will tell you that there is a tremendous amount of things that can change once you get that, um, once you get the code right to say it a very simple way and to use the analogy that I've tried to continue throughout this entire section. Um, I've dealt with this a couple of times in the past is that uh, you know, people, people have different reasons for eating. Um, a lot of times people are driven by their cravings uh, and constant hunger. And constant hunger can certainly be a, a signal 
that there is a metabolic imbalance that is changing the function and the responsivity of the, the satiety centers in the brain. Normally, you should get hungry, which is your brain saying, hey, we need fuel. And then you should eat and then you should stop being hungry because your brain says, okay, we're full, shut off the hunger signal. But there are some people who eat and they can just turn around and eat a whole meal again because their brain literally can't sense when they've had enough in terms of nutritional intake. So, you know, a couple of questions like, are you, are you eating for a specific reason? Is it weight loss? Is it muscle gain? Are you thinking about fueling your body rather than just dieting? And are you focused on short-term change or are you focused on using diet as a, as a variable that you can control and manipulate to improve uh, your long-term health and well-being? Are you eating for fuel or are you eating for flavor? And they don't have to be mutually exclusive. But if you if you have specific dietary requirements, either based on goals or between or based on things like how your body and your immune system in particular is reacting to the different types of foods that you can put in your body, if if you are eating for fuel as your primary goal and it's unenjoyable and flavorless, that might suggest that you you don't have the skills that you need to make good food taste good to you. And it could be because you're so used to eating a certain way, flavors, textures, maybe there's some cultural um, impact there as well. Like you just grew up eating a certain way and that's kind of what your brain expects. Um, but here's here's a kind of a side thought, but it's totally relevant to what I was just saying is that as a society, particularly with the explosion of fast food availability and convenience, that as, by and large, we've lost We've lost the the motivation and perhaps the skill to shop for ourselves and cook for ourselves. You know, I think I mentioned it was in the last episode that I was fortunate enough to grow up with a mom who was home. And so we always had food cooked and prepared uh, at standard mealtimes. And my mother was, you know, she was just kind of that personality where she was very regimented. And, you know, breakfast was always at a certain time. Lunch was always at a certain time. And dinner was already always at a certain time. And we could, you kind of like set our clocks by mealtime, if you will. And there's certain advantages to that. And, um, but when you start getting into the era of, you know, I, I don't, sometimes it's, it can be if you're if you're really good at it. Uh, it can be not that much more expensive to eat out all the time. Particularly if you go, okay, I'm probably eating more calories than I think I am. So maybe I eat twice a day instead of eating three meals. And so you end up eating out more than you actually eat at home. And over time, you you lose the ability. I've had patients actually tell me clients. Again, I hate the word patient. I've had clients tell me like, I grew up, we never ate at home. We always ate out. And so so we have adults right now who are unwell, who are not optimizing their diet because they never learned how to shop in a grocery store. They never learned how to cook for themselves. Or if they did, it was, you know, always packaged food, you know, like macaroni and cheese, craft dinner type stuff. Or, um, you know, lean cuisine, just heated up in a microwave. And, and all of those have, of course, their their own issues. So when you start looking at why you're eating, you got to be clear on what you're trying to accomplish. And then you have to be honest with yourself and ask, am I motivated and do I have the skills to go buy things so I know exactly what's going in into my kitchen, into my cooking stuff and into my body that I have control and I can be confident that I'm minimizing any insult that might come from the dietary uh, elements that I'm actually using. 
And, you know, obviously there's no shame in saying, I don't know how to cook or, you know, but the, the cool thing is that those are skills that you can learn. And there's no shortage of places where you might be able to go in your local community. There's all kinds of stuff online that you can learn to take healthy food that doesn't come in a box or a bag or have all kinds of chemical preservatives in it. And you can learn how to cook so that you are fueling your body for function as your primary goal, but you're doing it in a way that brings flavor and enjoyment to the food that you're eating. Again, they're not mutually exclusive. On the other side or the other part of this equation about why you're eating is that there's a, a lot of people run into trouble because they eat out of boredom or they eat out of habit or uh, they eat to minimize stress and emotional burden. Um, and, you know, those are not, obviously, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychotherapist. I don't know how to analyze those things other than to ask questions like, do you find yourself eating because you're stressed? And usually when you're eating because you're stressed or you're bored, you're not eating the leftovers from the healthy food that you made the night before. You're typically going for things that are going to be high fat, high salt, high sugar, with a lot of preservatives, with which by their nature, not their nature, because there's nothing natural about these things, but by design are actually fabricated or formulated that way to chronically stimulate your um, your pleasure motivation reward system in your brain. That's right. Fast food as well as the junk food that you typically eat when you're bored or where you're stressed is actually designed to make you crave more of the same stuff. There's a whole science behind all of this and you can find resources on the internet that you could read about it. But when you when you give in to these temptations to eat either because you're bored or you're stressed and you're trying to self-soothe, um, the things that we typically reach for are designed to keep reinforcing those behaviors, which means at some point it can become very, very difficult to stop those. And so if you struggle with that, you're not alone. Um, there are people who can just kind of flip a switch and say, okay, I'm just going to stop eating, you know, Twinkies or ice cream every night or whatever the case is. And they just stop and they're okay with that. But that is not everybody. You know, more people struggle with making these transitions than, than people that don't. And so these, these kind of tandem ideas of why you eat and how you eat kind of go together because why you eat tends to govern how you eat. Um, do you eat, uh, do you sit down to a meal at a table with somebody else? Do you socialize? Do you take your time? Do you chew your food? Do you enjoy the atmosphere? Or are you gobbling things down just to get on, on, on to the next thing? Or are you eating on the run, literally at your desk working or standing up at a counter or in a break room or even at home? And, you know, I just remember, you know, cause we raised five kids that were all pretty close in, in age. And there were times where I myself had one kid wrapped around my leg, another like a baby in my arm, when my wife was maybe off with her mother doing something, and to three other kids running around the house. And I fed all them, and I'm trying to get something into my body. And I'm sitting there at a counter, like with something in one hand that I'm trying to eat with a baby here and one wrapped around my leg. I mean, so I get it. I've been there. But you can't let that kind of stuff persist and continue because if you find yourself eating in a rush, if you find yourself not really sitting down and taking time to, and I'm not, you know, saying like from a, a mystical standpoint, like, you know, enjoying and being grateful for the food you have, although I think those are actually really good ideas. You know, sometimes you just need to pause and, and, and take a moment and try to 
drown everything else out so that you can have no distractions. Your body and your brain can have no distractions. And it knows right now we're eating food and that's what we're doing. And better yet, if it's food that you have sourced yourself, that you've gotten at the market, you've made good choices in terms of content and quality, and then you've prepared it in a way that actually makes it taste good. It's a lot easier to sit down and enjoy a meal that you're looking forward to rather than something that you're just shoving down your gullet because if you don't, you're going to fall apart or because you're hungry all the time or because you know you have to eat, but you got to get on to the next meeting or to the next this or to the next that and you just don't have time. I'm telling you, you have to make time and you have to build the skills and, and change the mindset that you have so that your diet starts to work for you. There I go with the word diet again, so that your fueling and eating strategy works for you and not against you. Um, if, if I were to say it this way, I hope you take this to heart. And that, you know, the whole, one of the goals of the whole Inflammation Nation podcast is to talk about the things that are under your control that you can modify or change for your benefit. Obviously, you, you don't know to change what you don't know. Um, but if I look at all the different things that are under your control that can potentially make all the difference in your inflammatory state, uh, I would say diet is number one. And I've said this before, and I'll, I'll lend this episode and the segment on discovering your personal food code with this thought is that you can't out supplement a bad diet. You can't out exercise a bad diet. Diet is number one. And maybe it's 1A and 1B with a couple of other things. But my point is, you can't afford to ignore it. And if you understand that there are, going back to this analogy of a personal food code with a combination lock, that there are variables and numbers and digits that have to be in place and you have to choose the right one for you to make everything unlock. And I hope you take that analogy to heart. Well, it's the end of this segment on discovering your personal food code or finding your ideal fueling strategy. I hope you continue with us on The Inflammation Nation. Thank you so much for listening to The Inflammation Nation. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Be the first to know when a new episode drops so that you can stay on top of your game. It also helps others like you find the answers they need. And why not head over to my main website, drnoseworthy.com, that's drnoseworthy.com, to explore my personalized functional medicine coaching programs, submit a question to the podcast, maybe take a quiz, or even reach out to me using the contact form that you can find there. We'll see you next time.